Hi, I'm Steve Duke, and this is the Two Roads Podcast. On this episode today, I don't have a guest, but instead I'm going to tell you some stories, some stories about me, my friends, and also some famous people, and also the lessons that we can take from them about building a life that you love. Let's get into it. Fucking rip them up, they're not ready for you yet. Footprints, man, they're going to remember the name. So a couple of months ago, I was sitting on my couch, I was scrolling through Instagram, when my friend put up a story where she was at some sort of, what looked like a tiny concert. It looked like it was in somebody's living room, to be perfectly honest. And then I saw that there was this account that was tagged in the story. And the account was called So Far Sounds. And I was like, what? what is this thing? So I clicked on it and I started scrolling through their profile. And what I learned was that this thing, So Far Sounds, is an organization that runs essentially like secret music gigs in different cities around the world. I was like, this sounds really, really cool. So I bought a ticket straight away. And how this thing works is that you buy a ticket, you don't know who's going to play and you don't know where it's going to be. You basically just know the neighborhood that's roughly going to be in. And then the day before, they tell you the exact location and you can rock up and you'll also figure out who you're going to be listening to. And it could be anything. It could be poetry. It could be, um, you know, acoustic guitar singers. It could be people playing the piano. It could be rock band, rappers, literally anything. Anyway, that Saturday, I found myself walking in to this gig in, ended up being in like a university classroom. And it was amazing. It was unbelievable. The whole thing like blew me away. Like the setting for it, the artists, like the music itself was just really, really incredible. And it was just an amazing, very random experience. I just loved it. I loved it so much that I immediately went online when I was in the Uber home and bought tickets to their next gig. And the following day, I found myself listening to the artists that I'd been listening to the day before the gig. And then a few days later, I actually started playing the piano again. So, well, I'd never really played the piano, but I have a piano and I'd always been interested in learning it. And I've kind of dabbled in it at various times. And I found myself dabbling a lot more. I'm starting to learn some songs and been interested in learning. And then a couple of days later, I went to the bookshop that's just down the road here. And I bought this book called The Creative Act, which is an amazing book by Rick Rubin about the creative process and art. And I've kind of noticed only really today when I was looking back on this, so this is all part of one thread of inspiration, one thread of inspiration that I pulled on when I randomly saw this Instagram story, even when I didn't know where it might go. Of course, I didn't have any idea where it might go. I just saw an Instagram story and I bought a ticket to a gig. Um, but it's been this really enjoyable ride of like exploring music a lot more, exploring listening to music, exploring learning to play music again, learning to play new instruments, writing a bit more and getting a lot closer to that those kind of creative industries, like the types of industries that 
you know, I wouldn't have had much experience in working in like management consulting and tech startups. I never really would have had any idea what it might be like to work in those types of industries. And I've been really getting a lot of energy out of it. And so what's the point of, of this story? Well, I think, you know, there's a lot of us who know that what we're doing right now is not what we want to do forever. And I mean that in terms of our job, but also more broadly in terms of how we spend our time. So whether that's pastimes, things that we do in the weekend, whatever it is. But oftentimes we know that what we're doing right now isn't what we want to do, but we don't know what it is that we'd rather be doing. And that's a problem. And I actually think it's the hardest thing um, to try and figure out because once you know what it is, okay, sure, there's going to be a bit of work to actually make that change, to start to do the other things more or to get the new job. But once you know it, that's the hard part done. And so I've been thinking a lot about, well, how do we figure out what it is that we want to do with our time? And a big thing is about inspiration. We need inspiration. We need to find things that we go, do you know what? That could be it. That could be something that I might want to do. And the reason we need inspiration is because we we aren't enjoying, or maybe we're not loving what it is that we're doing every day. But every day when you go up to get up to go to work in the job that you don't love, all you're going to see is the types of things that are already in that workplace, right? And you're going to talk to people who are doing a similar job to you. So you don't really get much exposure to kind of new ideas, new careers, new hobbies, that kind of thing. So we need inspiration and we need to look in kind of different places to get that inspiration. And these kind of experiences, whether it be, you know, going to some random gig or whatever else it is, they show us a peak of something new, a new job, new country, new hobby, new friend group, whatever it is. But something that says, hey, there might be something interesting down here if you want to take a look. But how do we notice these things? How do we notice when something is kind of calling to us or drawing us in? And I mean, the easiest way, and this may sound like simplistic, but is to be aware of our own emotions and what we're feeling drawn to. So if you see something and you feel drawn to it, if it gives you energy, follow it. Just pull on that thread. If it's an Instagram story where somebody's tagged some event, you go, hmm, that's interesting. Just don't worry too much about where it's going or start to ask questions like, you know, could I get a job out of this? Don't put pressure on it to result in something or to turn into something material, but follow that attraction, whatever has attracted you to it, that, that has drawn you into it. Dive into it. Because there's clearly something there and you might find that, hey, you took a dive into it and it's not for you, not your thing. But what the hell, what did you lose? Or you might continue pulling on the thread and you might find out that actually this is something that really interests you, that really energizes you. And it could end up leading to a new hobby or a new job or whatever else. But I think it's this experience that I had kind of pulling on this thread, going to this gig, it made me realize that There's so much power in doing that. And if we feel drawn to something, don't shut it down. Like, not to get too soppy, but like our emotions give us like a really good signal of things that we care about or that we might enjoy. So listen to them and act on them and, you know, nurture 
that path that it's maybe calling you towards and see if anything comes for it. It's a really good way to get inspiration, to find new things that you may want to do in your work or otherwise. So when Matthew McConaughey started out in acting, he was almost exclusively in romantic comedies. I mean, you know, he's a pretty sexy guy, so I understand that. And, you know, the audiences understood that too. They all loved him. And a lot of the movies that he was in, the romantic comedies were super successful. So movies like The Wedding Planner or How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days or Failure to Launch, all these really successful romantic comedies that he was the star in. But even though he was being super successful in these movies, he realized that this wasn't what he really enjoyed. He didn't have anything against romantic comedies, but he knew that there was something else that he wanted to be spending his time on and learning his craft in in new ways as an actor, not just in these rom-coms. But then he was approached to do another rom-com and he kind of made this decision that, you know, he wasn't going to do another one. He was going to move more into to drama or other genres and, and try and kind of build his craft there. But they came to him and they offered him a lot of money, like $3 million. And he was super tempted. But he turned it down. He stayed true to his guns. And he's like, no, I don't want the romantic comedy. I'm going to focus more on on this, this other area of my career. But then they called him back a few weeks later and they upped the offer. Okay, hold up one second. I'm sorry to have to interrupt this episode, but I do want to remind you that if you want more content on how to find a job and a life that you love, you can find it on our socials. So on Instagram, go to Two Road Pod, and on LinkedIn, just find my personal account called Steve Duke. And of course, these podcasts I release weekly where I interview people and that's extremely helpful for people to get inspiration and hear other people's stories and what how they did it and what they're going through. But I also release a ton of other content as well to help you both figure out what it is that you want to do and also how to then make that actually happen. So LinkedIn and Instagram and LinkedIn, Steve Duke, just my name. And then on Instagram, you can find us at two roads pod. This time, $6 million. Now he's getting very tasty to him. But again, stuck to his guns, he still said no. Now it had been a long time since he had actually done some work. He hadn't had much luck finding new films, not in romantic comedies. So he started to get maybe a little bit desperate. And then they called him again. They offered him 10 million. Still said no, turned it down, really tough. And finally they called him back and they offered him 14 and a half million dollars to do this romantic comedy. It was very, very tempting. I read his book where he tells his story in green lights. If you read it, it's amazing. And he talks about how tempted he was and so much money. And he hasn't worked in like 18 months. But the guy said no. He turned down the 14 and a half million bucks. And what happened next was really phenomenal because he actually managed to then get a break in the genre that he wanted to. So his next film was The Lincoln Lawyer, which is this legal thriller where he plays a lawyer who um, basically works out of his his car, his Lincoln 10 car. It's a fantastic film. And this was kind of the start of 
the second phase of his career where he's moving into these new films and it allowed him to no longer be the rom-com guy and to break into this genre that would essentially form the basis of the rest of his future career. And so you think of all the films that he's done since then, all the amazing films um, and even winning an Oscar for his performance in Dallas, Dallas Buyers Club. But that took a lot for him to say no to that offer. And who knows, you know, if he'd taken the offer, would he have gone on to do all the amazing work and all the make all the amazing films that he did? It was a huge career choice for him. And I was thinking about what was it that allowed him to say no and what can we learn from it? So the first one is that even though he was offered all this money and he hadn't worked in 18 months, he was still in a financial position where he could say no. He had the means to be able to say no. He'd made enough money off other films that he wasn't desperate for a job. He wasn't going to miss his rent. And of course, what can we take from that? None of us are going to be offered, you know, 14 and a half million bucks to go take a job. But ideally, we try and get ourselves to a position where we don't have to take something purely out of the financial reasons, for the financial reasons. And I know that's super tough because like cost of living is high and it's hard to, to make money that allows you to kind of have that sort of luxury in terms of making choices. But if we can get our place, ourselves to a place where we don't have to make choices from purely financial decisions, then it's very powerful. Of course, how can we do that? Practical things we can save up, we can try and reduce our expenses. If we're trying to make a big career move, I think it's a really good place to be in where you're not, you know, financially stressed because then you're going to make choices for financial reasons, which is logical, but ideally you don't want to have to make reasons for those points. I think the second thing was that that allowed him to kind of make this decision was that he knew what he wanted. He knew what he found meaningful. He wanted to build his craft as an actor in new genres. That was what he wanted. He'd spent time figuring that out. And that gave him the clarity to be able to say no. If he was like, oh, I think, you know, maybe I want to be a rom-com actor. Maybe I want to work in more in drama or something else. If he didn't have that clarity, it would have been much more difficult for him to make that decision. And so I think it's really worth us spending time and effort to figure out exactly what it is that we want to do. So we don't just say yes to an opportunity that comes across our table. I've done that many times before they usually worked out okay, but I just said yes because they were there and I didn't really know what I wanted to do, so I said yes to them. And I think the third reason that he was able to say no to this massive offer was that he had the courage to stick to his guns. It's Even if you know, you're in a financially stable place and you know what you want, when somebody comes across and makes you a nice offer, it's really easy to just say, yeah, sure, and take the easy option. But he had courage. He was able to stick to his guns and say, no, I know this is not what's going to make me happy long term. It's going to be tough now, short term. I still don't have work, but I'm going to turn it down, stick to my guns and play out this ride and see what happens. So I think these are kind of, you know, some of the lessons that we might be able to apply. Obviously, it's a completely different situation. None of us, well, maybe some of us are actors, um, but I doubt many of us are getting paid or offered 14 and a half million bucks to go do a film. But I think by trying to put ourselves into a position where we're not, you know, financially stressed, that's going to allow us to make better career decisions, knowing what we want, what we really want. And then finally, you know, just having the courage to stick to it.
if we can do those three things and put it in ourselves in a position to do those three things, we should be able to make better decisions, better career and our lives. Last year, I decided I wanted to drive across Australia. I'd lived here for, you know, four and a half years in total, but I'd actually seen very little of the country. And so this was a big goal of mine. So I bought a Jeep Wrangler, completely stock, and decided that I was going to convert it into something that I could live out of. I had exactly zero experience with this kind of thing, but I decided to give it a crack. And I started to build out the list of things that I needed to do. I'd seen this guy on Instagram who had a setup that I liked. And I was like, you know what? Why don't we just do that? Use that as my kind of my framework. So I started to build this list. I needed to fit a roof rack, a rooftop tent, which is this tent that goes on top of your car and then opens up and that's where you sleep. I needed an awning. I had to put in a kitchen system in the back with cooking facilities and a fridge so that I could have food and cook while I was on the road. I needed to remove all the back seats out of the car and custom build a shelving system that I would put in where the seats were so that I could house all of my stuff. I needed to install new suspension and new wheels so that I could go off road. And I needed to put a winch on the front of the car in case I got stuck so that I could pull myself out. I even needed to install a battery and a solar power system so that I would have power. So I could power the fridge and power all of my devices while I was on the road. The list of jobs was actually endless and I had no idea what I was doing and pretty much nobody in my circle of friends who'd ever done anything like this before. So I hadn't a clue. So each day I would come home from work and I'd go down to my garage and start to work on the Jeep. And I started off, I remember the very first task was I wanted to put in this little table at the very back of the Jeep that I could kind of fold open and that I would be able to put, you know, some plates or a little stove or something like that on it. That was the very first task. I remember it so clearly. And I wanted to do that. And it took me like probably like three days to do this like one tiny thing. Honestly, I can't express how useless I was at all of this. But every day I would go down and I would do a bit of work. And some days I would make progress. Some days I wouldn't. Um, some days I would actually go backwards. I would literally manage to do something that would set me back. And that was incredibly frustrating. And it was the middle of summer and I'd be there, you know, squeezing myself under the car, sweating my ass off, cursing like a sailor at some bolt that wouldn't come out and then I'd often realize that you know I wouldn't have the right part for whatever job it was that I was trying to do that day or the right tool and I'd have to drive off to Bunnings which is like this hardware store in Australia and one Sunday I actually went to Bunnings three times in the one day I was like a regular at this place it was crazy so it was incredibly it was very manual work often extremely frustrating I fucked up so many times but you know what I absolutely loved it now I have this thing called a good time journal and if you've read the book designing your life you'll know what this is it's essentially a part of my diary in which I write every time that I have a good experience so something that 
I enjoy, something that I find either meaningful or I get energized by, I add it in to this good time journal. And I was looking back on this the other day, and you can bet that this thing is full of moments of me working on my Jeep. Now, if you talked to me a year ago and told me that this was what was going to be filling up my good time journal, I would have told you you were crazy. I was like, no, 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 I'm, you know, I'm going to be, it's going to be all surfing and, you know, trips to nice resorts and fancy dinners and, you know, these, these kind of things. And don't get me wrong, there's a little bit in there, but I definitely wouldn't have said that it was going to be full of things where I was sweating in 30 degrees doing manual labor on something that I hadn't a clue that I was doing. I would have told you that, you know, you've mixed me up with somebody else. I've worked as a management consultant and in tech startups for the last seven years, did not think that I was going to enjoy physical labor and this kind of a job, but I did. I did. I absolutely loved it. I have some amazing memories of this time, especially when some friends came over to help out. We'd sit there at the end of a big job, sipping a beer, feeling like Andy Dufresne and the boys sitting on the roof of Shawshank State Prison and enjoying a cold one. And it was actually bliss, like just such good memories, such good times. And so what did I learn from all of this? I think it's one simple thing, which is that it's good to let yourself be surprised by what you like. It's good to be open to surprising yourself about the things that you enjoy. And it's good to be honest with yourself as well about what it actually is that you do enjoy and that you get satisfaction from. Now, there's some things that get in the way of this. And I was thinking about what these were. And I think the first one is ourselves. So our ego can be pretty powerful here. We often have ideas of what we should like or what, you know, someone like us should enjoy, or maybe more importantly, things that we shouldn't enjoy. And to be perfectly frank with you, you know, I probably would have thought that, oh, manual labor, it's not for me. I spent all this time going to college and, you know, building a career and everything else. And it's like, I don't think I'd really enjoy that sort of stuff now. And um, which is, but that's my ego talking, right? And, but if when I was able to look at what I actually did enjoy, I loved it. Now, at the same time, I don't think I'm going to go and become a mechanic anytime soon. Um, but I definitely took signal from this and I'm, I, I'm, you know, I finished the Jeep, right? So I'm right now I'm starting another project. So I'm going to now completely convert my garage and build something there because I realized that when I was, that this was something that I actually did enjoy. So when we're able to get our ego out of the way and kick that to the side, we're better able to actually be honest with ourselves about the things that we enjoy and that we get satisfaction from. Then the other thing that stops us from realizing the things that we really enjoy is other people. So we have these narratives in our head, like, geez, you know, they the think I'm a loser now if I actually liked that, if they, if they knew that I actually loved going dancing. She said, you know, they think I'm just an idiot. Whatever, whatever it is, it doesn't really matter. Like, you would have something in your mind that you might enjoy. And I'm sure there's a voice in your head that goes, oh, people would think I'm an idiot if I liked that or if I wanted to go and work on that. I spent a lot of time and effort thinking about, well, first of all, thinking about what other people think. 
but then trying to figure out how to stop, how to stop caring too much about what other people think and letting it influence your actions. And for all of the books I've read and soul searching I've done, I think it boils down to one very simple but solid piece of advice, which is fuck them. Fuck what other people think. Seriously, just fuck them. Because it just doesn't matter. And I know this is so obvious. And saying it, like hearing me say this may not help you. Um, you probably won't believe it. But over time, if you kind of realize this, if you say this to yourself a little bit every time, if you go, oh, when the thought enters into your head, it's like, oh, geez, I think I'm an idiot. Or if you did, so, if you thought you did something stupid, you're like, oh, I'm so embarrassed. They're going to be thinking about me now and, you know, say, laughing behind my back. Just say to yourself, fuck them. Fuck what anybody else thinks. Just doesn't matter. And over time, you build that habit of not giving a fuck what people think. And then it's kind of this reinforcing um, loop, right? So it's like if you do it and you say it, then you start to kind of believe it. And then when you believe it, it gets easier to do it. And just who cares what anyone else thinks? You'll be much better able to do the things that you like and you'll be a lot better off as a result. If you like something, you like it. That's it. Simple as. We often think, when we think about other people um, judging us for what we do or what we like, that's often in our own heads. And it doesn't translate into reality. So we might have this narrative that, oh, you know, they think I'm an idiot for liking this. But they actually might not be thinking that way. It's often very very much the case that we create these narratives in our own head. And there's this concept called the spotlight effect, which is essentially where we tend to believe that we're being noticed way more than we really are. Most people just don't think about us that much. They're way too focused on themselves to try and show you this if you know if you think of a i don't know maybe a colleague or somebody you know um that you might worry about what they might think of of you when you do something think about that person and then think about how often you think about them and how often you think about things that they might have done or might have said it's probably not much and that's just how much that they think about you so you know, there's really no, it's very natural for us to think, to, to worry about what other people think of us, right? This is like, we've kind of evolved to care and we should care about the people very close to us, but everybody else, just fuck them and let your ego get out of the way as well. And you'll be much better able to kind of realize the things that you actually enjoy, to let yourself be surprised by what you like. And I think that leads to a place where you can find more things that you do enjoy and they can hopefully be the seeds for, you know, new hobbies, new habits, or maybe even a new job. So I know this episode was a little different and I'm actually very keen to hear what you thought about it. So do message me on socials. So on Instagram, you can get me at the two roads pod. That's T W O roads pod. And on LinkedIn, just get me on my uh, personal account, Steve Duke. I honestly, I love it when people message me um, because 
this is a bit of the weird thing with podcasts, right? Is like, you're just kind of, you're talking, you know, you can see that people are listening, but you're not, it's kind of a one-way conversation. But then when you message me and I'm able to have a chat with people about, you know, what they, what they enjoyed, what they liked and what they got from it, like their own journey that they're going through and maybe some of the challenges that they have, that's really meaningful to me. Um, and it's also very, very helpful because it allows me then to refine the type of content that I put on the podcast. So do go follow me on those places. Every time somebody messages me, I love it. So please message me and let me know what you think about this episode. Other than that, I'll be back next week for episode 22 of the Two Roads podcast. But it means my destiny.